Hello and welcome back to Tip Tops and Flip Flops, the podcast where we take an actor each week and we look at their best rated and their lowest rated movie according to the Rotten Tomatoes critics. This week we are doing Christian Bale. Now I have to put a disclaimer before this episode. There is a moment, don't ask why, don't ask why, but there is a moment where I tell you guys with confidence uh, that Charles II of England buried his cheese in the Great Fire of London. This is incorrect. It was, of course, uh, Samuel Pepys. But we decided to keep it in because otherwise the conversation afterwards doesn't make sense and it's a whole thing. So that's a little taster for you. Let's get into it. Let's get into Christian Bale's filmography. Good morning. This week we're going to take you through Christian Bale's best and worst movie. Yes. And we are finding ourselves in a mood this week where we are getting to it. We're just... Let's... <laughs> let's dive right in. Let's just dive right in. Um, How are you? Where are we coming from? I am from? good. I'm good. I'm coming from... Ju- I just got off my film. I got off my film about 10 mm. minutes ago. So I mm. am, number one, proud of myself for timing it perfectly. Uh, but I have number two also still, in a sense, reeling from my experience mm. this week for our actor. But I'm excited to dive in. I, I am so excited to hear if you have ever watched a Christian Bale movie, because if you, if the answer is no, that will truly blow my mind, because he is in everything all the time. So I, 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 I would love to jump to that if we can, just because I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know. The answer is no. How? <laughs> Are you serious? He's just never, he's never been on my radar. I heard of his name. What? But I never knew, like, what he, I never put the face to the name until last year. Okay, wait, that's interesting. So what happened last year? Last year. This is, this is all, this all ties in really well. So last year I went on holiday to Greece and... Oh, yes. It was the set, we went to the exact place where the movie I watched this week was filmed and the people I was with was like, we're like, we should watch this movie. And um, I actually didn't watch it. I was like, no, thank you. But they were like, oh, Christian. (laughs) I watched five minutes of it and they were like, oh, that's Christian Bale. And I said, oh, that's Christian Bale. But um, I didn't actually watch the movie at that point. I watched it for this podcast. Does that make sense? Are you the storyteller of our generation? Because <laughs> the way you hit me with, that's Christian Bale, then I realized that's Christian Bale. I went on a journey. I went on a ride. <laughs> that was really badly explained. My mind was not, you know when your mind isn't quite with the words that you're saying? I knew what you meant. I just couldn't let it slide. <laughs> I couldn't let it go. But I know what you mean. I can't believe... Did you check his filmography? Like, did we double check this that you hadn't seen? I did. I did check like his most popular movies. I never, I never knew what his, I've never seen that face before this movie. That's, that is, uh, I can't believe, I mean, we've, we've been down this road before. We go down this road Mm -hmm. every week, but this one is particularly blowing my mind because I feel like he's, he's just in so many different, he's in so many different things. I, I'm not surprised you've never seen the Dark Knight movies. That does track. Nicole Kidman, you would know you had seen Moulin Rouge. Like, that makes sense. But yeah. Christian Bale just... Um, I was sitting watching my movie this week going, it has Jess never seen this man before? Like, is this... Because in my movie, he's 15 years old. So he's like a baby in it. Whoa. And in my head, Christian Bale is always 40 years old. Like, that's his age. So to see him 15 was such an experience. But I was like, is whatever age he is in your movie... The only way you know him? And the answer is yes. 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 Show, I mean, okay, I guess I, I like Christian Bale a lot. I think he's a really good actor. You do. I like his movies. I do. I think that he, I mean, I'm not like a super fan, but I feel safe with it. Like, I feel safe when he's there. I feel like the performance is going to be good. There's going to be acting that is, I can tell a lot of thought went into it, but Mm -hmm. not in a way that I feel stupid, in a way that I kind of respect. 
That's so interesting because I get a very different impression from the movie I watched, but we'll go into that. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I, I do like Christian Bale. I think, I mean, I love the movie The Prestige, which actually I think you would vibe with. It's a magic movie. And it's Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman playing rival mu- magicians <laughs> in like the 1800s no. London. That movie can't exist. It is camp as all hell. David uh, Bowie plays Tesla, Nikola Tesla. No, 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 no. It is fantastic. I, I have to watch this. It is the best Christopher Nolan movie. Oppenheimer can shut up. It is the best Christopher Nolan movie. I love The Prestige. Genuinely love it. And it's a classic movie of my life. Gerald <laughs> Johansson is doing the worst English accent you've ever heard in your whole life. It's like the worst sounds. It's oh. perfect. Wouldn't change a thing. It's a musical without songs. My favorite. My favorite. Yeah, I think you would love The Prestige. <laughs> so that's my favorite Christian Bale movie for sure. Least favorite? I don't know. I would really have to think about it. Maybe American Hustle. Maybe one of those. I don't know. But I do like him as an actor. I think he's really good. So I'm... Okay. I, I support where he is. In, like, I support that he's a A-list movie star. You know what I mean? In this section, we also normally just say a fun fact that we learned from his Wikipedia page. Mm. Would you like to go first? Sure. The The best thing I got from his re- Wikipedia page was he said um, he stopped eating red meat after reading the book Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so specific. Was he a kid? I don't know. It said, it didn't say what age he was. I don't think I've ever read it. I did. I loved that book and film, but it didn't stop me eating red meat. <laughs> um, what was your fun fact about Christian? My fact was that his wife, whose name, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Sibby Blazik, is a stunt performer. Oh, I, I didn't that was see very that. Cool. That's a cool job. That is a cool kind job. Kind of a fact about his wife, but I think it's a cool <laughs> job. <laughs> it's not really about him. I was going to ask how they met, if they met on a film he did, but you wouldn't know that. I wouldn't. I saw that she was a stunt performer and I and you exited that. that tab. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Shall we discuss our relative, our respective films? Let's. Do you want to go first? Because you had the best. Yeah, I will go first because I watched Christian Bale's highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes this week. And here are my basic little facts. I, oh, the movie is called Henry V. Henry V. V. The genre is Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think counts as a genre. We all know what that means. And it's Shakespeare. It's not like, we're retelling Shakespeare and they're in high school. It's like Shakespeare. Mm, It's, yeah. Okay. It came out in 1989. The director is Kenneth Branagh. And oh, is it Kenneth Branagh? (laughs) (laughs) It's so correct that that's the director. The other cast include Kenneth Branagh, Mm. uh, Judi Dench, Derek Jacobi, Brian Blessed, Ian Holm, Robbie Coltrane, who's Hagrid, and Emma Thompson. Whoa. Doing the Lord's work here. The Rotten Tomatoes score is 98%, which is so high. Yeah. Something weird about the movie, something fun, interesting fact about the movie. Again, always, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and I'll just direct quote, uh, Branagh incorporated fla- flashbacks using extracts from Henry IV, Part One and Part Two. I think that's cool and a fun idea. Okay. Yeah. I like that thinking. I think that's fun. That's a fun way to adapt, a, like, a play like this. Mm. To sort of use scenes from the previous... It's a, kind of making it a sequel without... I kind of like that. Yeah. So shout out to Kenneth Branagh for that choice. Shout and out. Shout out to Kenneth... He's so... Kenneth Branagh is so young in this movie. He's 29. Wow. And he directed... To me, he's always 38. But also 55. Yeah, he directed it. I and think... wrote it, I think. Do he I know it. who Kenneth Branagh is? Let me see. He was in the movie with, uh, he was in your Stanley Tucci movie. Okay. I know this man now. Very, very Shakespeare. He's in, if if it's a British movie. He's in it. He will appear. Yeah. He will, he will make his face known. Oh, for real. I'm looking at his credits. He also plays Gilderoy Lockhart. (gasps) That's how I know him. Yeah. (laughs) Can you all hear me? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I know him. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you about my movie. Yes, please. So I watched Christian Bale's worst movie. It is called Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Uh, it's a 2001 war drama, uh, Second World War. 
Oh, not the first. <laughs> I know. Brats. <laughs> I was so happy for you for a moment. It's the second Nick Cage film that I'm watched that I've watched for this podcast. Um, I <laughs> had no memory that Nicholas Cage was in this movie when we, when we decided Christian Bale. Oh my god, I forgot. He is. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> so it was directed by John Madden. Uh, screenplay by Sean Slovo, and it's based on a book of the same name. And starring alongside Christian Bale, we have Nick Cage, Penelope Cruz, mm. John Hurt. Oh. I don't know if that... Okay. Um, the critic score is 28%. The audience score is a little higher at 50%, but we're, we're looking at the critics here. Um, yeah. I just realised something quite stupid. <laughs> For, for my interesting fact, I put that this was based on real events, but I'm realizing that all World War II movies are based <laughs> on real events. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think that's necessarily. I think I don't think that that's stupid because I don't think that. I mean, that's kind of true. But like, is the Boy in the Striped Pajamas a true story? No. But this isn't But it's either. kind of... It is based... Oh, okay. So this is... Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's not a true story. So this is vibe But it is story. based on a war that happened. <laughs> it takes place during an actual war. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so that's my interesting fact. <laughs> it's interesting how high our Rotten Tomatoes score is for his lowest. Yes. Quite prolific actor, some say. <laughs> 20% is so high. Yeah. Normally we deal with zeros and ones. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes for the highest, we're dealing fairly low. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Tay. Shout out to Taylor Taylor Lautner. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Oh, what I would have loved to have him here. And honestly, Kevin James. (laughs) Absolutely, Kevin James. Yeah. So he's actually done like a couple movies uh, with low audience scores, but this was his lowest critic score. Um, just for for anyone who's new, yeah. So those, yeah, we don't care about the audience score. Mm. So the so the lower ones like don't have a critic score. Yeah, that's so interesting. So here we are with Captain Corelli's mandolin. I cannot wait to get into this movie. But first, I am so <laughs> curious why that's the title, and I can't wait to hear because it, it's a wild thing. It sounds like a Bob Mortimer joke that that's the title. It does. Of the movie. It really does. All right. This is now. Let's dive into this next section. Yeah. This is a section of our podcast where we each have three minutes to explain the plot of our film to each other. I am concerned. Mm. I am worried. I'm nervous because I'll just preface by saying that this movie is Shakespeare speak. Oh, which for me means that I kind of get it. I kind of know what happened. I don't think I'm that bad at interpreting Shakespeare. I've read a fair amount of Shakespeare and acted in all that shit and whatever. But, mm. like, I don't... Just, like, watching a movie, I don't know. And I've never read Henry V. I also... I'm also going to say that I think in this episode of the pod, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions about England and about what words mean and about the history of England because I don't know anything. I can't wait to show that I also know anything, but I'll try my best. But you, you'll you know a little more than I do. Okay. You will. Because, like, I've never heard of Henry V. Like, mm. I don't even have any kind of idea of what the... I think he's real, given the fact that there's a Henry VIII. <laughs> so I would think he's a real person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. He's real. Okay, great. Okay, so I think this is one of Shakespeare's history plays, which I don't think I've ever read a single one. But, okay. I can't All right, wait. so I have three minutes to explain... And I will say, during the movie, I looked at the Wikipedia description to understand what was happening. So some of this is, I've gotten I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. All right. We ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you read Henry V? Do you know anything about Henry V? I don't. Okay, great. All right. Three, two, one. Okay, so Kenneth Branagh is a king of England, and his name is Henry, and there were four before him also named Henry. So (laughs) he is like mid-late 20s young king. I'm young and I'm fancy king. People basically trick him into invading France. They, like, manipulate him. They're like, you should invade France. He's like, you know what? I should. I'm the king. I'm the rightful heir. And they trick him pretty easily. We also then have these peasants who are, like, reminiscing about how cool he was when he wasn't king. And now they're like, he's trash now. So then he goes to France. And he's, like, invading northern France, like, 
where they've crossed from the um, English Channel. He's like invaded, and they're they're battle. There's battle. There's battle. Christian Bale plays like a baby soldier dude. He's like 15, and he's like here to a battle. A baby soldier. Now, to me, it's like there are 20 soldiers. Soldiers was also a strong word. It's just like peasants who have decided that they're willing to sacrifice themselves. Mm. Which I'm like, is that how it was? But so, a Christian Bale plays a child, one of these people. And basically, there's back and forth with the king. There's this dude whose name is Mount Joy or something who's like, I'm the king's liaison, the French king. I'm the French king's liaison and we're not happy with you. He's, he's, I like his vibe. So, there's like a lot of back and forth bullshit for like an hour. And then there's this huge battle between France and England. And I thought that like 20 French people died. Turns out 10,000 French people died. It is bad, poorly directed. Oh, <laughs> I boy. thought it was like 50 people in this battle. Apparently all of France is dead. And somehow the resolution of the movie is that Kenneth Branagh, who's basically like pride has been his, this movie's about pride and greed. It's like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which has is trouble motivations for me in general. I never really love it, but that's what it is. And the end of the movie somehow is he marries Emma Thompson, who's the princess, like the daughter of the king. And sort of that's the deal where it's like, we won't take, we kind of, France and England kind of, we're, our child will be in charge of both. Hmm. So that's the ending. And they, and they have this honestly very romantic and interesting, he kind of tricks her into kissing him a little bit, like manipulates her, but romantic scene where they kiss at the end. And I'm like, I what suddenly this is about this that they're in love even though she literally doesn't speak English and that's part of it. So like unclear. Oh, okay. But the best thing about this movie, right? That's what happens mm-hmm. in broad strokes. But the best thing is that Derek Jacobi plays the chorus and does like the soliloquies to the audience to say what's going on. He's dressed normal 1980s garb. So he's like in a film oh. lot being like this is the movie. And then we and then 20 minutes 20 minutes later he's back on like <laughs> Seven Sisters in Eastport and he's like so this is they're going to France. And then they cut to him outside of a tent just like wearing a pea coat. He's like it's 1989. I'm Derek oh. Jacobi. Here's the situation. And he's like at the end of the movie like now that was the movie. See you later kids. And I love that with all my heart. Okay, that's, that's three a choice. That is a choice. Okay. And I love that choice. I feel like, okay. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of explaining, but I also did as much as I could. That's fair enough. I think I get yeah. the general vibe. Shall I do my scores so you can see sort of where Please we're landing? Please do. Okay, so if, if you're new, welcome. And this is the section of the podcast where we give the movie our own individual scores. Our own tomatoes. So mm-hmm. we have five categories out of 20 and then we, yeah. So my entertainment value score of 20, this was interesting and tricky for me to grade. I gave it 10 out of 20. Okay. Because it feels like if I were better at knowing what's going on, it would have been great. Okay. And it feels like it just wasn't, we didn't quite click, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't the movie's fault. And I was still enjoying it. Like the moments where it had me, it really did have me. Okay. So 10 feels right. Cinematography, similarly, I gave it 10 out of 20. Cinematography was fine. It was fine. It wasn't bad. How many high fives the writers should get? I gave it 15 out of 20 because I think it's, it's probably really hard to do this. Okay. I think it's probably really hard to adapt a Shakespeare play into a movie. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I've never done that. <laughs> I think it's probably really, really tough. <laughs> so, and really tough, but also still like, I think it was still good. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm impressed. But also it wasn't, I still had trouble. So yeah. The outfits, the Luke score, I gave it 16 out of 20. These were great looks. They were stupid in the way that all medieval clothes are stupid. <sighs> I'm so glad. Kenneth Branagh, with all the love of the world, they're not his looks. Which is wild <laughs> considering it's everything he does. Everything he does, mm, he's wearing these mm. tights and these giant shirts. These with the, tights? With the, with the, like, ruffles. And yet it's like, buddy, I think you look better in, like, a, just a suit. Just a yeah. simple suit. So, but <laughs> 16 out of 20, they were great. How much I want to see it again, I gave it 12 out of 20. This feels like, I feel like wow. if I read the play, I will want to watch this. That's you know what I mean? High. Like, it feels like, because it, it feels like at some point in my life, I will read this. Mm. I just feels like I'll, I, I will. And then I'll watch this and really like it. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, don't, does, wanna, I don't need to watch it again now, but I know that at some point that'll happen and I'll be like, oh, I get it now. I see what's going on. Mm. Um, And then we deduct all that by how many times I, I looked at my phone. Now... I looked at my phone um, 
13 times. <gasps> and I would like to remind us that this is a fully, like, they're talking Shakespeare and it's two yeah. hours and 18 minutes. Ooh, and okay. I watched it on Tubi with ads. So I think it's, it's, it's reason, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm just not no, going to apologize No, that's, I get it. I get it. My total score is 50%. Strong, Which, a strong. That feels right. Halfway. That feels right. Yeah, halfway. I think that there's a version of me in the future who who gets it and is like, yes, art, movies, cinema. We're not there. I we love. Don't find ourselves I there love right this now. constant reference to future Shakespeare hope. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I go through so many. I just go through phases all the time. Yeah. And I yeah, go yeah. in and I go out. And I just know that at some point in my life, I will have a Shakespeare phase. Like, it'll happen I believe and you. I will read this. I believe you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've read a fair enough by this point already that I'm like, I'll get mm. back into it. Yeah. At some point in the next 20 years. I just, I get, I, tr- I move around so fast. It'll just, it'll mm. happen. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I never rest. <laughs> I never stay still in an obsession. So I'll get I understand. There. Yeah. Christian Bale, I do wish was in it more. You wish he was in it more? Christian Bale was barely oh, okay. in it. Yeah, he wasn't really in it. He was also okay. a baby in this, so it wasn't really... And he... I will spoiler alert and say that he dies. I guess it's not really spoiler, I've already done the summary, but yeah, yeah. he does die. Yeah. <laughs> he does die How, in the how far through the movie does he die? Hour and a half, hour 45. Okay. Okay. In battle? There's like a half an hour left. Yeah, in the big battle where 10,000 French people die in hand-to-hand Jesus. intimate combat in the rain. <gasps> Oh, that's the worst. Honestly, I would have guessed 30 people. Okay, so that is my broad stroke summary. Then we can dive in and I can ask you my questions about England. Yes, please do. About kings Um, and what what it means to be Lord of Cambridge. So (laughs) we can (laughs) dive into that. But before we get there. Let's start with with Sir Sir Thomas's mandolin, Captain Crawley's mandolin. Captain Corelli's mandolin. Corelli, Corelli. (laughs) Let me do a three minute. I cannot wait. Here we go. So we're in Greece on the episode, on the episode, on the island of Kefalonia, 1940. So World War II has just broken out a year ago. Uh, Miracles are happening. We, the town is like gathering to have themselves cured because um, there's like some miracle fountain. You know how it goes. Um, Oh, so they're having a big celebration party and then we meet Penelope Cruz and her dad. Her dad is the town doctor and he's trying to teach Penelope Cruz how to be a doctor like him. And he's like, this is all um, this is all wishful thinking, like miracles aren't real, it's all science. Um, they have a big celebration and they set off a cannon and the cannon hits Christian Bale and he's like, ow! And then Christian Bale um, has to go see the doctor and then he sort of like, falls in love with Penelope Cruz after her dad heals him. And then uh, Christian Bale decides to leave for war because the army comes to recruit men from the island. And Penelope Cruz is like, write to me. But um, flash forward, Penelope Cruz is writing her hundredth letter to him and he's never responded. Then the Italian army arrive on this island and they occupy it. And uh, Captain Corelli is Nicolas Cage. And he uh, immediately... Harasses Penelope Cruz and he's like Bella Bambina because they're Italian and he's Italian. Um, They they surrender the island to the Italians with the help of a German officer. Um, Everyone in Christian Bale's uh, regiment is either a singer or a or a instrumentalist. So he's got a mandolin. Anyway, anyway. Oh my god. Um, So they take in an Italian soldier to the house. They take in Nicolas Cage. There's and then and then Christian Bale comes back like a year later and uh, he's got a big beard and Penelope Cruz doesn't recognize him and she's like why didn't you write to me and he says I'm illiterate lol never told you <laughs> so um, <laughs> then but and then uh, whilst Christian Bale is still there Captain Corelli f- confesses his love to Penelope Cruz and they have like a love affair but then but then oh my god okay the Nazis seize the island even though germany and italy are allies all of a sudden germany turns against italy and the nazis seize the island there's this massive massive fight uh, they take all the italian officers as prisoner including nicholas cage they all get gunned down they uh, are ordered to die by firing squad which is where you just stand in the middle of a oh, town square yeah. and people shoot you with machine guns um yeah nicholas cage is shot about 10 times with a machine gun we think he's dead 
no, he's not dead. Yep, yep there it is. <laughs> Everyone else is dead, but not Nick Cage. Sure. And then uh, we flash forward to years later, the war is over. Um, oh my God, there's an earthquake. And then um, Nicolas Cage returns and they hug and then it ends. Wow. There is so much that I did not get to say, but that's... I can sense it. There's so much here. Mm. There's so much here that I'm kind of uh, frozen in a state of shock. Yeah. One could say. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> Okay, wait, give me your scores. I have to figure out where we... I don't I don't have any... You could tell me this is the best movie you've ever seen. You could tell me it's terrible. I have no idea. Okay, let me tell you. I think I was generous. Entertainment value. I gave it the same as you. I gave it a 10 out of 20. Okay. I... The accents were, hands down, the worst yeah. part of this movie. The accents were terrible. Can um, I just ask you a quick cue here? Mm-hmm. Are they Greek accents? They are trying to be Greek. And then the that's, Italian, that's Nick Cage is trying to be Italian. Um, that was... Wow. So yeah. that was, I that's think tough. that's why a lot of people hate it is because of the accents. But the actual story, I quite enjoyed. Okay. Um, cinematography, I gave it an 8 out of 20. It's it's fine. It's 2001. We're in a... It's yeah. It's fine. Uh, writer high fives I gave it an 8 out of 20 um, which is generous like uh, this this was okay the looks okay. the looks I only gave a 5 out of 20 they were all just in mm. in their war uniforms there was nothing special going on there um, would I see it again I gave it a 4 I probably wouldn't I think I've I think I've had enough of this movie now yeah that's <laughs> an interesting score 4 yeah. out of 20 is very interesting so overall, uh, that comes to 35. I looked at my phone four times, which is quite low for me, considering That's it was a two-hour movie. Oh, so uh, that brings it to 31%. That's high. That is pretty high for the worst movie. That's one movie. of the highest I think you've given a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it wasn't, when we normally watch a worst movie, they're like horrible. This wasn't yeah. horrible. It was just not. It's just not the best, you know? I mean, I would say shout out to Christian Bale for that. That's really wild. Yeah. I didn't say any of their names, but Christian Bale is called Madras or Madras. Um, uh. his, the person who plays his mum is clearly, like, I believe very Greek and, like, absolutely nails being Greek because she is. Sure. And then <laughs> he's, he, he doesn't quite nail uh, being her son. I would say. Because something that I... This is interesting. Something I really admire about Christian Bale particularly. Um, actually, pause. Where do you think he's from? Now, I looked this up because I thought okay. that he was American. Yeah. I did not realize. Most people do. He's from Wales. He's from Wales, but apparently grew up like all over like UK. Yeah. yeah. But most people think he's American because his his he like never does... Certainly never does, like, his normal voice in movies. Mm, okay. I think he's incredible at accents and that thing, that Apart kind of stuff. Apart from Greek. That's what's interesting. <laughs> that that, because I think that that's one of his greatest strengths. And it's very mm. interesting that, unfortunately, he has fallen at this Greek hurdle here. I think it's not a very well-known accent. And so yeah. he, he sounded Italian, I would say. Uh, did, did Nicolas Cage sound Italian? Ooh. Now, his accent, I would say, was worse. Significantly worse. Mm. Uh, Cacophonous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was trying to be Italian and he was very much doing like a caricature, I would say. And it's tough when all of the other people around him are clearly, or at least some of them are Italian. And then there's a real contrast there. Sure. Mm. I don't know what he is. A, his, he, his family is at some point was from Italy. Because he is a member of the Coppola family. But I don't know at what point. I don't know when they arrived. Not in his lifetime. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. From, I, I, I don't know, what? but I'm just guessing. Yeah, I think we could throw that out. I think we could throw that out here. Okay, so shall we just, shall we, shall we jump in here? Yes. Okay, so let's start with why is it called Captain Curly's Mandolin? So this is a really interesting element of the movie. Um, 
Nicolas Cage is plays this man. He has this mandolin. It's it's part of him. He plays it about three times. He plays it three times, and huh. I should I should say okay. He is the worst. He is a horrible human being. He's constantly catcalling Penelope Cruz. Um, mm. He's really annoying. Yet every time he plays his mandolin, Penelope Cruz just stares at him and falls in love with him. And it's like it's magic. It's almost like there's it's magic. Is there magic in this movie? That's something I'm also having trouble figuring out because you were like, there is some magic spell or something also at play here. It feels like there's a spell. It's not, it's every, just every time he sits down with that mandolin, she's like, I love this man. Even though a hundred percent of the time that he's not playing the mandolin, he's so annoying. (laughs) Are you attracted to him when he plays that Mandy? Unfortunately, it didn't do it for me. Also, wait, there's something okay. very key, key that I missed out because I got so stressed by explaining the plot. Um, before Christian Bale leaves for war, he gives Penelope Cruz a promise ring and they're engaged. So, um, oh, wow. So she's falling in love with Nick Cage whilst Christian Bale's in the background like, I'm your fiance, by the way. But he is also an asshole. He's so, he's also the worst. Okay, got it. So she's got to choose between these two terrible men, basically. Who does she choose? Christian Bale? So she actually chooses... I thought it was going to be a really exciting movie because she chooses neither. And it flashes forward to 10 years later. And she's a doctor. And she's working on the island as a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, she chose neither. But there's a voiceover that her dad is like, she's so sad. She never got over Nick Cage. And then her dad writes to to Nick Cage, who's called Antonio Corelli. Um, (laughs) And he's like, Antonio, she misses you so much. Even though she has not said that explicitly, it seems like she misses you. So you should come back. So then he comes back to the island 10 years later and they hug. They don't kiss. They just hug. And Christian Bale, I guess, is out of the picture by this point. Okay, got it. So he didn't tell her that... Christian Bale did not tell her that he was illiterate, but said, right, <laughs> well, we will correspond. That is a crazy move. What do you think? What is his endgame? I really don't know. As he's about to depart for the boat, she's like, write to me. And he just goes like... He just nods. He doesn't say anything. He just nods. And um, they hadn't had that conversation before he left for the boat? Nope. Nope. Okay. So then he comes back absolutely like he's walked. He's walked like from miles. He's like walked across <laughs> the sea. He's got hair down to his his legs. He's got a beard. He's um completely unrecognizable. And she's like, what the hell, man? And he's like, and then he has this emotional scene where he has to confess that he's illiterate. <laughs> Maybe that's why his Greek accent. Maybe mm. he, he can't he can't read or write or speak. Or speak. It's it's a little tough. Maybe he's fully fluent in English and can read English. Yeah, but not Greek. That's really what I meant. I deliver, I feel like the way I first said that was... <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I don't know how I said it. I understand now. Um, yeah. Okay, apologies. <laughs> and then he's sort of... He's always in the background. Like, he's trying to get the Italian army off the island. So he's constantly just sort of trying to kill Nick Cage. But then right at the end, he actually saves him. He gives away his fishing boat so that Nick Cage can go and be free. So there's so much of this that I missed out because it's such a big plot. <laughs> so your fun fact was that this movie takes place during World War II, which was a real war. Yeah. Okay, got it. Because there isn't. Because you're saying this, and I'm realizing, like, yeah, none of this feels like a true, true, true story. The Italian army did actually occupy this island called Kefalonia. But <laughs> does that make it? A- this is an interesting thought. Does that make it a... It's not a true... But does that make it based on a true story? What are we... How are we defining story? I guess it's based on true events. It's inspired. It's... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's inspired by true events. Isn't everything, though? You know what yes. I mean? Yes. So really, my fun fact was just a statement about all movies. And that's fantastic. <laughs> so, okay, so is 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 my Henry V, did that happen? I want to say yes. Henry V. Okay, it felt like it was true. Yeah, he was a king and he had a big fight with France. Okay. 
Any more? Okay, yeah. What are your What are your questions? So if so, okay, I've got a lot of questions. Let mm. me see what I've written down here. Let me start with when are we? Is this the fourteen hundreds? I think it is fourteen hundreds. Right? Yeah. Okay, so we had already had five Henrys by the fourteen hundreds. <laughs> that's bonkers. Yep. <laughs> Why are you naming your? T- that's so stupid. Okay. Okay. So there's a character named Henry Lord Scroop. Is this a man you've heard of? <laughs> I've never personally heard of Lord Scroop. <laughs> Scroop. I've never heard Scroop. such a name in my life. <laughs> that sounds like like a little a dog's. The name is like a dog treat company. Scroops. <laughs> Okay, I wrote down a question for Jess because she is British. If someone is Lord Cambridge, are they from Cambridge or is their name Cambridge? It depends if it's Lord Cambridge or Lord of Cambridge. I think I think it I think it was sometimes they moved back and forth. He was definitely a Lord mm. of Cambridge at points, but I felt sometimes they called him Lord Cambridge. Cuz Lord Cambridge would imply that Cambridge is his surname. Okay. So maybe I just Lord no, because you wouldn't be the Lord of Cambridge, you'd be the Duke of Cambridge. So I think it's his name. Oh, so his it's like Serena Vander Woodson of the Van, of the Woodsons. I so think it's like, so. Yeah, okay, Lord Lord Cambridge, I think that would be his name. Okay, second question. Does every town have a lord or something? Because there's there is a lord of Masham. There's Lord of Cambridge. So let's assume he's somehow his last name is Cambridge, but he's not necessarily... Is he Is he not even from Cambridge? Because royal family members get appointed Duke of somewhere. So, like, you have the Duke of Edinburgh, the Duke of Cambridge. But that, they're not from there. It's just they get appointed that land. Oh, that's true. Okay, got it. So I think either it's their name or they're just appointed a random place. I think. Is this, do you learn about this stuff in school? Did you learn about, like, Henry V and that sh- Like, I don't mean you don't know about it. I just mean, like, is this what your history school classes are? Yeah, history was very much the history of England, yeah. So, so at this point, it's just England. It's not the UK. Yeah. I think so. But does every- so is every place given a title? Because, like, Lord of Cambridge, I know where Cambridge is. Lord of Northumberland, I know what that is. What is Masham? Lord of Matt, so it's like every town, give it a lord, like a name, or you can you be named after anything. I think every town. I'm looking now, it says the Earl of Cambridge was actually born in York. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so it, I think it so is just is random. It, so what does it mean to be the Lord of Cambridge? I guess it means you have that title. It's very hard to understand because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, if there's any historians listening that are like, she is so wrong. Oh my God, please. (laughs) I'm sorry. Please email us. I'm sure it did come from somewhere that made sense, but in my head, it doesn't make sense. It's just random. So what do you know about Henry V? I know that he was young, but I feel like they all were because the life expectancy was short. And I know that there was a battle with France. I think that's all I know. And that's not... That's not the... This isn't the same king with the Hastings battle. No. Who was the battle? Because that was the 1100s, wasn't it? Yes. No, uh, that was 1066. 1060? You had kings in 10? When was your first king? Oh, uh, I'm going to have to... Like, vibe. You can tell me just... I don't, I don't need the exact date. Because we, we don't learn anything about this. You could take AP European history, but, like, the history we learn in school is about American history, which is, you know... Yeah. There's a lot going on there. But yeah. we don't. It's, it's, we don't know anything about this. The monarchy was formed in the year nine hundred and twenty-seven. Wow! God damn! <laughs> and so that's I a long think, time. But it was like a different. Oh my god! Alfred the Great, Edward the Elder. <laughs> These are such great names. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, can I just name some of the early kings of England for you? I would. I would love literally nothing more. Okay, Edmund the Magnificent. You're lying, that's a fake name. Throw in some fake names. Edwig Allfair. That was fake. Edwig? Edwig! Edgar, Edgar the Peaceful. This is so funny. Why do these people have, have like, like Tyler the Creator names? 
<laughs> no, there's one. I don't know how you pronounce this letter that's like an A and an E connected, but it's like Ethelred. No, no He's called Ethelred the Unready. <laughs> that is a burn. That is savage. <laughs> unready. That's fantastic. But also, I don't believe you. I think all the. I think you're lying to me about every single one of these. No, it's all true. These are real people. These are real people. And these are children. So Edmonton named their son Ethelred or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Edward. Can you imagine? Hi, I'm Edmonton. This is my son Ethelred. <laughs> this is my son Ethelred the Unready. <laughs> oh, you think at birth? <laughs> Ethelred is not ready for this. We got to incorporate then... that into his name. <laughs> And then there was King Canute in... Sorry? King Canute. <laughs> I have heard Canute. of... <laughs> have you not heard of King Canute? I, I, you're lying. Is it the C-N-U-T? Yeah. Yeah, I think perhaps someone, a kind of person in history, re- rearranged some letters for the textbooks. <laughs> yeah, so King Canute, I know. That was 1016. King Canute the what? He, Canute the Great. The Curious. <laughs> King Canute the, the Bi Curious. What um, if we get King Canute the Second? Like, we, should we should hmm. we get should Prince George if he has children or whoever has children? This is my daughter, <laughs> Princess Canute. <laughs> there was a he had a son called Hartha Canute. No, all one word. Arthur or Harther? Hartha Canute. Spell it for me. H A R T H A C N U T. You're lying, right? That one that one is a trick. Because Hoffa <laughs> Canute isn't a name. Like no. at the end of the day, you're that's not a name. It's not even a word it's not even anything. But it was in ten sixteen. <laughs> Who was the king with the Battle of Hastings? Because that is something I have heard of. After Hartha Canute, there was Edward the Confessor. And, oh, that's an interesting title. But then this, so then the Battle of Hastings changed all of that because Normans con- conquered the country. So then, right. then it was the House of Normandy. So then you had William the Conqueror. Oh, that's where we get the name William. Yeah, William the because he conquered England or whatever. So now he's he conquered, William conquered Edward the Confessor. Yeah, so now he's William the Conqueror. It feels like that's an easy person to conquer if they're a confessor. <laughs> I don't know that maybe we should but he was praise also, William for beating him. He's first cousin once removed of Edward the Confessor. So he killed his cousin. So his his grandmother was the v- Vancouver Canucks or whatever. I don't know enough. Half a note. Half a note. Half a canute. <laughs> what was it? Half a canute. Okay, who's your favorite monarch and why? Is it Hathard Canuck? No, it's Charles II. Is it the current Charles? No, 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 no. This is ages ago. This is Great Fire of London, Charles II. I love the people and the people love me so much that I restored the English monarchy. He's a legend. He's a hero. He brought. Oh my God, he's, he's, he's spit bars. <laughs> he's, it's from a show called Horrible Histories where there was a Charles II rap. Oh, yes. And um, Okay. And yes, I know those folks. He restored the English monarchy and he brought back partying. How? Just because before it was Oliver Cromwell and he like banned, he banned like theatre, he banned arts, he banned gatherings. He was very um, anti-everything. So then okay. Charles II came back and was like, parties are back on, birthdays exist again. Also, I believe, I could be wrong, but Charles II, when there was a great fire of London, so the entire of London was on fire and he was like, okay, I need to yeah. bury my, my like, top possessions. Got to bury them. Got to save them from the fire. And he buried cheese. <laughs> really? Where? I don't know. I, I just remember learning that he buried cheese. That was, like, the thing that he had to save in the fire. That's so wild. That's so easy. Like, you can make new cheese. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's... I remember. No, I feel like that would that. stay with you. I believe that's such a specific thing. I believe you that he buried. Why would you? So Christian Bale in your movie, what would he bury? This is a great. This is a great question. We we're know bringing Nicolas it back. Cage would we're bury bringing that it back. We know that. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah, um, we're bringing it back. Maybe her letters. He kept his her letters on him at all times, even though he couldn't read them. So I feel like he would save those. Sweet. Okay. 
And Christian, of course, Nicolas Cage. Madeline. That Madeline. Especially since it's magic and it makes women fall in love with him. But there was something else you said was magic, right? Like, when you were describing the movie at the beginning, you were like, there's a magic fountain or something? Yes. But this is a belief that happens where people think that ho- certain fountains spout holy water that can cure your illnesses. Did we see that at play? Yeah, so this guy has an unknown illness. All the ill people are lying on the ground hoping to be cured by God. And then one guy oh, yeah. is cured. And the the dad is like, it's purely psychological. <laughs> Who plays the dad? John Hurt, I think. Okay, that is interesting casting. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. What was it? Why, why did it exist? I don't know. I guess Captain Corelli is it's supposed to be quite romantic and he's like but nothing about him was uh was enticing. <laughs> yeah. I think passion is attractive. Like mm. if you're someone's passionate about a hobby, I think that that's great. Um Mandolin mm. isn't necessarily No, I think it is okay actually. I think what's tough is a picturing Nicholas yeah. Cage. And he's, because something about him screams, I don't want to see him playing mandolin. Yeah. And he's really annoying about it. So he's like, yeah. I will play my mandolin, but the <laughs> first 16 bars of this song are played by other other members of the orchestra. So I'm just going to tap it and you have to imagine there's an orchestra. So then for 16 bars, he's just tapping the mandolin. And then he's like, and now I come in. <laughs> Wait, so he's doing full pieces but only the mandolin but only parts. the mandolin you can't, parts. you can't do that here's a lesson for people if you are playing a song <laughs> on an instrument which already maybe rethink your choices but if you yeah. are doing that do not wait out the other parts what's so <laughs> funny though is that in that scene the dad gets really angry he's like i'm not waiting it out you play the mandolin or you don't and the dad leaves fair but then it means fair. that just him and penelope cruz are left together and she's like oh my god i love your mandolin i will wait <laughs> i'll wait i'll for wait to- for you to just yeah 16 bars <laughs> are and then 16 bars and then so he writes a song for penelope cruz on his mandolin and 10 years later, he sends her a record of that song. And that's like the romantic conclusion that she owns that song. But it's very, uh, I don't know. Do they kiss? Yes, they kiss and they have sex. Oh, he, no. It's unclear whether the sex scene was in her imagination or if it happened. It's unclear. Huh. But he is. That's interesting. He is 11 years older than her and um, they've made her The actors look, are in the movie. The actors. They have made her look about 16 and he looks Ooh, no, about no, no. 35. <laughs> so just putting that out there. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. That's hard to consider. A quick question. Does he bring that Mandiel into the bedroom? The Mandiel. Well, they actually have <laughs> sex outside. Uh, unclear where the mandolin is at that point. Is it a threesome if your partner's mandolin is involved? If the if the mandolin is magic and therefore somewhat not sentient but cut, you know, is it a threesome? This is an excellent question. Um, Thank you. I want to say the energy of the mandolin. I want to say it is sentient, and so I would. I'm I'm gonna say yes that it, that is a threesome. Okay. Okay, but what what we're ultimately concluding is it does depend on the mandiel. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> does Christian Bale, Bale ever interact with that mandolin? I don't think so. He gets more and more, as the movie goes on, he gets more and more like a video game character. <laughs> like he, okay. he he starts to wear bullets around him and he starts to carry a machine gun everywhere. He's really, oh he wants to defend his island, which is kind of fair because it's been invaded by the Italian army and the Nazi army. Um, but he does start to look like a video game character from like 2010. Got it. Mm. Would would you play that video game? Defending my island from the Nazis? Um But also mandolin. But also and mandolin. Potentially type. magic fountain. Personally that's not my type of game. But I, I think it has an appeal. Do you prefer like Oregon Trail, that kind of thing? <laughs> I prefer um I like uh I like simulation games. I like the Sims. I what like- does that mean? Oh Sims, yeah, you love Sims. Yes. Sims are like relaxing games like um, 
Animal Crossing, but I don't really play fighty games. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really play any video games, but I do love the Freddy Fish games, which I played as a child, which are like <laughs> children's games, and they have made them into apps that you could download. Uh, you could pay for, which I have done all five, and then download. And I just have on my phone when I need them. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's important to be honest. It's mm. important to share and to bring out, keep keep hold of our own mandolins, whatever that may be for yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. Do you have? Do you want to go through your notes? Do we? Do we want to go through? Oh, our sure. Noteworthy notes that we made during this film. Yes, Watch. I forgot that we at one point did title this section of the notes. <laughs> no. I'm bringing, I'm bringing it back. Yes, you are. All right, uh, yeah, I can go first. So I wrote a lot of notes. We won't need to go through all of them, but um, at just like early opening scene, there mm. is a dog, and then someone shoos the dog away, and he goes meow, and that really threw me because mm. if we if we circle back to our animal sounds, <laughs> that's not the sound a dog makes. <laughs> Do you think that um, that was a, a like a movie mistake, or someone someone was like, "Hey, it's such a weird mistake to make." We need to get you in the booth. Can you make some dog sounds? And this guy just won't stop <laughs> meowing. <laughs> wait, do you think? Wait, wait. Do you think that whenever there's an animal sound in a movie, it's not the actual sound of an animal? It's a human making the sound. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That has to be true, right? Why? Why does that have to be? What? <laughs> you don't think that they just have a cat sound on hand? You think that the cats have have are on strike and it's just <laughs> actors going every time? No, but it is, right? You have to get them in the booth. <laughs> you have to get an actor in the booth and they make the sounds. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 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 so, okay. You think that you hear a horse, and not yeah. the clop. Because I agree, that is fake. Mm. But a neigh. I have seen videos of people in booths neighing, recording horse I think sounds. it happens. I yeah. think it happens sometimes. But as okay. a general rule, you, as a, you think the general rule is, if you hear an animal, you're actually hearing a human mouth. That is my belief. That's such a wild Wait, but where else? So do you think people are going around uh, with microphones on animals? Yeah. But I think there's also like a set sound. I feel like you have to record all your own sounds for a movie. No, No, there's scream. There's like the Wilhelm scream. That is the same scream in a bunch of movies. You're probably right. I do. I have facts to back up my my st- my my take. No, <laughs> am I a hundred percent sure that I'm right? Yes. <laughs> okay. If I'm wrong, I will leave this business. <laughs> I will. I will pack it up and I'll move to Utah and just open a store. I will <laughs> leave. Story <laughs> Utah. That is wild. I agree that sometimes it's the case, mm. but not always. Okay. Well, I don't think that the person in the booth mixed up cat and dog <laughs> sounds. <laughs> and then they were like, well, I guess we just get a friend. I was like, I guess we just have to. <laughs> we can't pay any more of their time. I guess let's just we'll make it work. Oh. <laughs> and I hope nobody notices. <laughs> in my head, it was, I, could, I can't explain the mistake, but I definitely don't think it's human error at that degree. Okay, good to know. But well, we've learned a if lot. you if I'm wrong or if Jess is wrong, my God, send us an email. <laughs> my God. Oh, oh, okay. Here's another note I wrote. Sometimes a little bit, but really only one scene. Henry V is telepathic. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe an animal said the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, okay, is there anything else? Oh, there's there's a person named Bardolf. Is that a name? Bardolf? Bardolf. As in Rudolph, but Bar in but front bar. of it. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, we've had half the Canute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's a scene. There's a full scene where Emma Thompson and her chambermaid are, are speaking French to each other. And there are no subtitles. Oh. And it's like four minutes long. I was like, thank God I kind of speak French and I can understand what's happening. And she is translating stuff to English during the scene. She's like, how do you say hand in English or whatever? But, like, 
bold. Bold move. Mm. I kind of like that. It's like a little secret for people who can speak the language. But it, but I, but it's wild to put yeah. it in a movie that's English. It is bold. It is bold. It's bold. Do you think in the uh, French version that bit is in English? <laughs> I think it's just dolphin sounds. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, at one point it seems like a guy wants to fuck his own horse. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't react to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> a guy who I think is French. And he's like, oh, it's the best horse in all of Europe. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, they got to him being like, oh, like guys being like, oh, all right, dude, it's a horse. <laughs> this is such a theme. And I'm worried it about is. it. It is. The battle. Da, da, da. There's an adult actor in the movie who looks so much like older adult Christian Bale that it feels like a metaphor. Whoa. I think that's it. I think that's it. I just, yeah, I have just some random notes, but that's really, that really drives us. That that, mm. that, that sums up the story. This was a, this was an interesting week for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. Shall I go through my notes? Yes. What was it called? Oh, Captain Corelli's. Mandarelli? Corelli. Captain Corelli's mandolin. Okay, so very, very early doors. Uh, Christian Bale is being examined by the doctor, right? And he's laying flat on his on his front. And the doctor, it, for no reason, he's not he's not uh, injured on his butt. But the doctor pulls down his pants and slaps his butt and says, uh, "Good, strong gluteus." And then, and then he gets his daughter over no. and is like, "Daughter." Will you look at this man's butt and tell me everything you know about butts? And she starts going, gluteus maximus, gluteus medius, gluteus minimus. And it's just... No part of that makes sense. No part of that is appropriate behaviour. You've got sort of assault with a doctor slapping your butt and then he brings his daughter over and is like, tell me more about this butt. Where to begin here? Mm. Where to begin? I think perhaps we should start with gluteus maximus, gluteus medius, gluteus minima, or whatever. And Which that's I'm direct. Not, I'm no doctor. I'm no butt doctor. But that's not a thing. It's a direct quote, and it is a thing. Really? What is the? What's the middle butt? What's the baby? Butt? There are three parts of your butt: the gluteus medius, maximus, and minimus, and they're like in a so row. So it's top, middle, bottom. Yeah. Okay. This is an educational podcast. It is. It's a butt <laughs> educational podcast. This is our second late in the game butt scene reveal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. If you and it's our Nick- Jennifer Lopez. Oh, up. no, it's not a Nick Cage movie. But um, never mind. But it feels like they both are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Poor Chris- is Christian Bale. How old is he here? This is after American Psycho. He's an adult man in his mid Yeah, he's, it's 2001. Yeah, because he's... Well, we can do it. He's 15 in mine. So he's then 27 in yours when it comes out. Yeah. So that's that's how it starts. That was... And by the way, so this is right at the start of the movie. When really my friends watched this on holiday, that was the only scene I saw before I went to bed. <laughs> so my only... Before this prod- podcast, my only experience of Christian Bale was that scene. With his butt. <laughs> You could you couldn't identify his face, but you could identify that ass. I could identify the butt, <laughs> the maximus, Ooh, the medius, and the minimus. <laughs> do you see it like your bird's eye view of the butt? Yes, pretty much. Oh my god! Pretty Why? Much. I wonder and if he's ever been naked. Like we've never seen Christian Bale's peen. The peen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough word. That's a tough word for me to get. My- <laughs> Okay, my apologies. What word would you prefer to use in this moment? Um, one that just came to mind. Uh, I really shouldn't say yeah. out loud. Um, I think I'll just say, you can just you can say P. Wait, what was the one that came to mind? You can't come on. <laughs> my brain was like dongus. That's <laughs> 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 like that's not a word. That's not a word. That's so much. <laughs> So much worse. Talk, talk is, talk is. I, I, I don't think I've ever, I've ever. I, that that sounds um, like one of the 
The king's the early king's name. <laughs> Darkest the inquisitive. <laughs> Darkest the inquisitive. I don't know why my brain went there. I, you know, pen is fine. Darkest is absolutely the word. Like we have to use it. Like going forward, if we ever mention penises on this podcast, Darkest. Darkest is Darkest. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like cock. I thought it was going to be like a graphic word. I wasn't expecting to. <laughs> but also, how could I? How could I expect a sound I've never heard? So dumb. My brain just... Dongus. Do you think he's ever revealed his dongus? I don't I don't know enough about his 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 filmography. Filmography? Mm. Yeah. Also, maybe we shouldn't even. It's none of our business. I don't need to see his dongus. I'm just curious if he's ever... It feels like he would have. Like, he's very much like a physical kind of... I see. Very into his acting kind of actor. So mm-hmm. it feels like at some point that would have happened. Yeah. I mean... Okay. Shall, shall Email us. <laughs> okay, what are your other notes? So, Christian Bale's character, Madras, is the worst. He... Sure. He gets engaged to her and they have an engagement party. And so in front of all of their friends and family and basically the whole town, he's like, will you dance with me? And then she gets up and he's stuck her to the chair. So she gets up and what? she gets up and like the chair is stuck to her. And like then, as an Ashton prank? Yeah, it was a prank. And everyone laughs at her. And I'm like, if my fiance did that to me at my engagement party, I would call off the wedding in front of all it's my- It's over. It's over. It's, in front of everyone. She's just like, oh, you didn't want to dance with me. You just wanted to prank me. He's the worst. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much all my notes. The other notes I think I've said, like Nick Cage's okay. magic, maybe. I mean, shall we, shall we try to create a sequel that combines- Captain Curly's Medellin and Henry V. Mm. What do we have in common? Let's start here. What do we have in common? We have fighting. We have people going to wars. Yes. We do. In Europe. In Europe. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a theory that in both films Christian Bell is probably illiterate. Great. That's a great That probably anchor. feels true, right? Yeah. Is, are there any instruments in your movie? They start singing at one point randomly. That also happens in this movie. There's lots of random singing. Okay. Okay. It sounds like we're, we're creating a, a Mamma Mia-esque musical for our sequel. <gasps> Please, yes. Okay. The mandolin-based music. <laughs> and it's like you, uh, the whole orchestra is just imagined. It's just the mandolin and... <laughs> one voice. And it's just like, wait, let me tap this out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, I like this. I like... I like it's this too. Musical. I like this too. It's a musical. Christian Bale is in it playing an illiterate man. Yes. Um, when are we? Should we go somewhere in the middle? 1650? <laughs> We're in 1650. Perfect. <laughs> what happened in 1650? I don't know. <laughs> um, 1650. And shall we just set it? Um, I'm thinking Italy. I'm thinking everyone has Italian accents. Sure. Yeah, that feels, that feels, why not? So what was happening in Italy in 1650? Well, it wasn't even Italy yet. It was just regions. Perfect. Great. Um, this is the Renaissance. Okay. Okay, Yeah, this is the Italian Renaissance. So we're in Florence, let's say. Okay, great. So, okay. We're in the Italian Renaissance. It's, you know how Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical that uses all of ABBA's songs? What? Of course, I watched it last night. What, great. What band? What band do we want to use all of their songs for this musical? What music feels like it would? Um, um, we could put mandolin in it without mm. it being the wildest thing. I'm thinking maybe Fleetwood Mac. Okay. I sure feels like it feels like we're really writing a Glee episode. Yeah. More than anything else at this point. <laughs> Okay, I, so Fleetwood Mac is Nicolas Cage in our film? I feel like he has to be. Yeah, I would say yes too. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh, you know he's gonna find a way. In. He's got to be in it. So it's he's sort of like to. a it's it's Shakespearean, but it's the Italian Renaissance, but it's also a jukebox musical uh, to Fleetwood Mac songs. I think I would one hundred percent watch this. <laughs> I do too. Even though we haven't, what is it about? I don't know. <laughs> What if it do like, I care? No. No. 
What if it's like uh, we've got a lot of Italian painters going to and oh maybe maybe they have to choose between art and war. Oh, I like that. And we have to we have to have humans making animal sounds. Yes, obviously that's a big part of and it. And a butt that, scene. Yes. We have to have a butt scene. It could open on a butt scene. Someone is painting a butt or carving a butt. Carving ah uh, carving a butt. Now that's something. Now that's something. We zoom out. We're in Florence. We see a mm. bird go by, but the board the bird goes, "Nay." Yeah. <laughs> And they're carving a butt, carving a butt, like, uh, let's say Nick Cage is carving Christian Bale's butt. I was going to say Kenneth Branagh. Okay, great. Wait, who's carving? Kenneth Branagh's carving? No, Nicolas Cage is carving Kenneth Branagh's butt. Oh, perfect. And then, and then what Fleetwood Mac song is going to be the opening? I'm thinking Go Your Own Way. (laughs) I was just like, I was just about to say, I think Go Your Own Way is the end. (laughs) Okay, that's the end. That's the end. But perhaps it is we're starting with such a climactic. Mm. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe we start with the chain because that's got a nice like slow mm, beginning. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, um, and we, he's painting to the beat. Yes, and we can have Derek Jacobi playing the mandolin and doing the like telling the audience what's going on. So he's like, yes, it's, it's sixteen fifty. We're in Florence. Yes. <laughs> I'm playing the mandolin. I kind of want to write this movie. Hollywood, hello, is that you on the phone? You say yes? <laughs> 1650s Renaissance painters choosing between war or art. What war? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I don't probably know enough. Something. There's probably something going on then. There must have been a war in 1650s Italy. So they have to choose. Between am I going to keep carving butts? Yeah. <laughs> Or am I going to go fight for Italy or whatever? Fight against mm. Italy, fight something in Italy. And I guess the conclusion, maybe they find a way to like carve butts on the battlefield. Maybe they find a way to go their own way. <gasps> <laughs> they just might. They just might. And the they landslide can... is a real landslide. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is perfect. This is perfect. We've made a jukebox musical. It's heroic. It's got all the things that you want from a jukebox musical. Kenneth Branagh. (laughs) (laughs) Christian Bale. Butts. Butts. Italy. Um, And war. Mm. Really the idea of it. Mm. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. I mean, is there anything else we we need to say here? We need to add? Um... If you know anyone who make, wants to make this movie, um, mm. let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'm going to email Fleetwood Mac and ask for the rights. And then you think we'll, they have we'll their fleetwoodmac at gmail.com? They won't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fleetwoodmac at gmail.com. That's, I mean, that's going to be my first point of contact. <laughs> I mean, whoever has that username, shout out to them for jumping on it. Shout out to that person. You know that it's taken. And congrats. Mm. Okay, Perfect. well, email us at tiptopsandflipops at gmail.com. Email Fleetwood Mac at... G- no, don't do that. That's a real person's email, but... <laughs> it could be but the real band. We don't it know. It could be. That would be fantastic. Okay, well, good morning. Good morning. And, and we'll see well. you next next week. Thank you so much for listening to Tip Tops and Flip Flops. You can follow us as usual. We are at Tip Tops Pod on TikTok, on Instagram, and on Twitter or X. You can also email us tiptopsandflipflops at gmail.com. If there are any actors that you want to see us do on the pod, send us an email. Otherwise, have a good week, have a good afternoon, and have a good morning. <laughs>